how to accept a gift, what a sound of thunder actually means, and Jean-Claude Van Damme, all this and more. So everyone, places, because it's time for Last Looks. Yes, hello, my bad CGI dinosaur-loving time travelers. What is going on? I'm your host, Paul Shear, and welcome to How Did This Get Made's Last Look episode, where you get a chance to voice your issues on a Sound of Thunder. Plus, I'll give you some of the things that I've been into, and I'm going to reveal next week's movie. And as always, I'll try to solve your problems on Paul's helpline. But first things first, a big shout out to Rob from Long Island. Rob from Long Island has been here with us for a long time, knocking out the hits. And today is no exception. I love that opening theme. And if you love his opening theme, but think, you know what? Rob's not that great. I can be better than Rob. You know what? Rob is on a high horse. He's been up for such a long time. I got to knock him off his perch. Well, you can. I don't want you to, but you can. Because if you want to create a theme song, all you got to do is send it to how did this get made at earwolf.com. Keep them short. 15 to 20 seconds is best. Follow Rob's example there. Make it good. Make it tight. And it will be in an upcoming Last Looks episode. All right, let's get into it. I know we talk a lot about movies, but there are bigger things out there in the world. You got problems? Let me solve them for you. It is time for The Paul Helpline. Ryan Keaton, you got the theme. Take it away. He's got an explanation. I hope that you are on the line. He's got an expectation. Thank you, Ryan. All right, here's the deal. We got a bunch of great phone calls today. Uh, whew. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, where do we begin? You know what? Let's start off light. And uh, start with our friend, Fizzy. Hey, Paul, this is Fizzy, and I'm calling in about a work issue, a conundrum. So I found out through a coworker that my other coworker, who I've worked with for almost 15 years, and I feel like I'm really close to, I found out through a coworker that she's going through a major health crisis. Um, and I don't know how to to deal with it because I, now with the pandemic, I don't see her in person. Um, we don't chat regularly. It's just, you know, she's a, a coworker that I really cherish and um, care for. Well, what do I do? Do you reach out um, like, hey, hope you're doing okay? Or you reach out and say, hey, I heard you're going through something. Um, really kind of stuck on, I want to reach out to her. I don't know the best way how to show my support of her because it might be something that she wants to keep um, away from work. And maybe we're just work 
coworkers. I don't know. This is, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words because I'm kind of in a in a bind here. So just looking for some advice. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, Fizzy. Great question. I'm going to go with my gut right now and say, if you can, send this person something nice. In my mind, it was flowers, right? And put simply on the card, thinking of you, hope you're well, and your name, right? Fizzy. Or some version of like, just keeping you in my thoughts, um, hope all's well, and your name. Something like that, because what you've done in that moment, and I don't know what the issue is, it's just basically like sending an arrow over a wall. Is that right? Am I creating the right <laughs> metaphor? I don't know. But you're you're just reaching out. If that person wants to engage, then you've you've allowed them to feel like they can. If they don't, they won't. And that way you're not betraying anyone. You're not forcing them into a conversation. Now, other people might disagree with me. Cody, Devin, would you like to weigh in here? What, what do you think? I, I trust both of them, um, but that's what I think. I think a very um, gentle, just push. You could call too, but I also think that some act might be really nice. Anyway, Devin, Cody, whoever wants to take a little crack at it, I'd like to hear what you have to say too. Uh, hey, Fizzy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with uh, with Paul. I, I've been in that situation a couple times uh, over the last couple of years where, yeah, uh, you know, I was going through something, whatever, personal or tough, and getting little flowers from coworkers with just a nice note saying, you know, thinking of you meant, I would say, kind of the world to me. Um, and yeah, it, Paul's right. It doesn't have to be a huge gesture. I mean, you can definitely call, especially if you've worked with someone for 15 years and feel like you you know, know them to that degree. Um, you know, I'm a kind of person I don't, I don't, I don't want an unsolicited phone call for, for almost any reason. Um, but you know, yeah, like a text and honestly doing something like Paul says, get doing flowers or something tangible like that with just a little card, nothing crazy, just, Hey, and like, yeah, it, uh, I don't know quite what the, the medical situation is either, but I don't even think you need to mention it. Just sort of say, thinking of you or, you know, yeah, I'm just thinking of you. And and typically, I would think someone uh, getting something like that will probably reach out to you after that, and you'll probably will get the phone call that you might want to kind of, yeah, you know, debrief on on everything that that your coworker is going through. So yeah, I hope that helps. See, good advice. All right, next question. Uh, Abbas has <laughs> he says it's simple, but you'll hear. Hi, Paul. My name is Abbas. I'm calling from Chicago. And I have one straightforward question for you and June, of course, Jason, if you are able to consult everybody, is do we have the government we deserve? Uh, I know there's a lot to that question, and I'll let you all mull it over, um, and please tell me what you think. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Yes, that is an incredibly complicated question, but here's how I'll answer it. I'm going to go again, short and sweet. We have the government we deserve if we don't participate in our government, right? Everything that's going on and things that we are unhappy with, if we're not being a part of that solution, then we have the government we deserve. We need to be actively involved. And I know that's a giant idea, but I'm a big believer in supporting 
my local races. Um, I'll just talk very briefly about Los Angeles. That is a, um, a place where the city council has more strength than the mayor. So we want to get people on the city council who are looking out for the people's interests, not for corporations and real estate moguls. I'm supporting a candidate who is in District 1 uh, because I love what she stands for. Now, I can't vote for her, but I can support her. I can support her financially. I can support her through uh, doing some sort of events. I could support her right here, right now on this podcast by saying, if you live in District 1, get behind Eunices Hernandez, who is doing some amazing work. But my advice to anyone who is upset with what is going on is think small. That's where changes begin and then build out from there. Okay, um, go to usa.gov slash election office. You can find out when your elections are. You can make sure that you're registered and start looking around and seeing what is happening around you. Yes, there are big issues out there and I get millions of emails in a month asking me for money pretty much from every state in this union because I think once you put uh, your name on one list, it's there and I love it, but I also find so much more pride in meeting politicians and working with politicians that I can actually interact with. Uh, That's not to say don't do the big stuff, but you got to do both things and we can uh, make big movements and small movements, but we have to be involved to get the government we deserve, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, I'm sure June would have a much more succinct and beautifully uh, worded answer, um, but that's that's where I'm at. Okay, Mark from Milwaukee, what do you got? Hey, Paul and Cody and Devin, this is Mark from Milwaukee, and I'm seeking advice about a monetary gift that I received that feels excessive, but I could also really use. So my boss contacted me recently and asked if I would please help his wife um, pick out some upholstery fabrics for some furniture, um, help her make some decisions about some interior decorating that they're doing. Uh, and I said, sure. And he made it clear it was outside the confines of our, our work relationship. And I'd you know, be doing it as a favor, and, and he'd appreciate it. And I said, no problem. Um, and then a couple of days ago, I received a lovely thank you card in the mail with a check for $200, which felt a little bit over the top. Um, they were being very generous, but I feel a little bit uncomfortable depositing the check um, or I'm not sure what to do with it. So if you could give me some advice on what I should do with a gift that I feel was a little bit over the top, that would be really helpful. Thanks very much. Mark, take that money. Cash it. Why? People don't give you things unless they want to give it to you. I I, I truly believe that. Like, you did a nice thing, they did a nice thing. Take their thing, cash that check, and move on. This person didn't feel like you were forcing him to do that. You just did it. And he just did it. Take it, cash it, move on. And it's not a thing, because you didn't negotiate for it. It was given. Gifts are meant to be received and not questioned. I think that you you open up a world of making things uh, too complex. And maybe going back to what I said to Fizzy, you can simply say, that was such um, a beautiful gift. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. But yet, you cash that fucking check. Anyway, uh, that's my advice. If you agree with me, great. If you disagree with me, 
even better. No, not even better, but let's talk about it. Uh, go visit me at my AMA on Discord, discord.gg slash Paul Shear. Uh, we have a thriving board over there as well as our thriving board at How Did This Get Made? And I love hearing uh, what people have to say. Uh, I'm not right all the time. I have an opinion. That's all it is. Ann Landers, was she right all the time? I don't know. But she got a picture and a paper. She wrote those fucking letters. People thought she got some good advice. But we don't know if it worked. It's a one-sided thing. Here I'm offering you two sides. Anyway, we got so much more coming up. Um, But first, a quick break before we get to your questions, comments, and concerns about a sound of thunder. All right, we are back. Just a heads up. Right now on Unspooled, we are in our Annie May Shun Month, which is uh, an exploration of animation. We're talking about Akira. Did not like it. We're talking about Wallace and Gromit. I did like it. We're talking about Miyazaki. And we're even going to touch on uh, a classic Top Gun. That's right. Top Gun will be uh, broached this month because we got to get ready for Maverick. Uh, This movie looks insane and I can't Maverick, that is, in the best possible way. So anyway, Unspooled, a lot of fun stuff going on over there. If you've not checked out the show in a while, uh, head on over. I think you will be uh, happy with what we got going on. Also, every Thursday, Rob Hubel and I host a show on Twitch called Friend Zone. You can watch the replays on my YouTube channel. And also on my YouTube channel, you can watch special little Matinee Monday features where we talk about uh, old episodes of How Did This Get Made and play you some classic clips. Classic. Well, I'm classic. I'm like, what am I, uh, like an AMC host now? But anyway, uh, we play some clips. It's a lot of fun. Is it a lot of fun? I don't know. Now I'm saying things that I feel like a, a game show host would say. Anyway, go visit my YouTube. Go visit my Discord. Go watch Twitch. Go consume all this free content. (laughs) All right. Um, We have a lot to get to today. So, Young William, tell us what we have in store in a little something I would call corrections and omissions. You got corrections, maybe some omissions. We got some problems, and this is where we fix them. We didn't fuck up, maybe you fucked up. All right, thank you, young William. That is a great theme, and here we go. Starting it off on the Discord. Our Discord, of course, is discord.gg slash HTTGM. Love our mods there. Love that forum. Love that board. I'm loving Discord. Overall, Discord is aces. I've tried a lot of different social media things, and this is... Uh, so good. Great, great conversations there. So GT75 writes, the biggest issue I had with the film was the inconsistency of the rules of time travel. Yes, great point, GT75. Uh, the fact that they had to keep on going back to the same point in time and space without running into themselves could have been explained away by creating an alternate timeline each time they went back, but they converge on themselves and the volcano erupts, ensuring that the Allosaurus would have died anyway. The problem is it doesn't allow for the possibility of the scientists going back and interacting with any of these timelines, so this problem should have been irreparable. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I brought that up in the show. I don't know if Cody cut that part out, but yeah, that was a huge problem, that the fact that they weren't running into each other, that, that would be the biggest issue, because that's the one thing that we understand about 
fucking time travel anyway next one on the board john not connor uh in the 1952 short story which is believed to be the first mention of the butterfly effect in time travel the dead butterfly does not cause uh, a major change in evolution like it did in this movie which is so fucking stupid anyway uh but in the short story there are noticeable changes when they return to 2055 most saliently that the winner of the recent election is not moderate but fast Fascist. Eccles wants to go back and fix the past, but Travis wanted the fascist to win. He tells him it's impossible. Then there is a sound of thunder as Travis shoots Eccles to cover up the alternate timeline. Whoa. I love this idea. Well, of course it was a better plot. That's an amazing plot line. And I love that the sound of thunder is a gunshot because the person's happier here. What an interesting, I mean, politically, what a more fascinating film. And I know this movie is older than what we've been getting into uh, lately with politics, but wow, I would remake that. That's a really fascinating and dark, um, make that into like a Twilight Zone episode. Are they still making those? Does that thing still exist for CBS? All Access? To Paramount Plus now? Who knows? Anyway, Corgi Herder writes, earlier in the podcast, Paul got tripped up on the order you can sense thunder and lightning. Okay? I think he was getting at the general rule that if you see lightning, you can count by using one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Each Mississippi takes roughly one second to say. You can estimate how far away the lightning strike was. Just divide those total seconds by five to get how many miles away it was. Wow. Thank you. I didn't know it was that specific And now I stand corrected, as always. Um, But Corgi writes, this works because light travels nearly instantaneously, uh, while sound travels uh, a little slower, around 760 miles per hour, depending on exact conditions. Thus, Paul's comparison here is apt. That's what I need to hear. Thank you. There's a delay in the nonsensical time waves impacting the present, just like seeing a lightning bolt and waiting for the boom. Bam, bam, bam. And you know what? Corgi Herder also sources (laughs) his research. I haven't seen sources yet in a while. Uh, I love that. So there are sources here from weather.gov and uh, grc.nasa.gov. Sean McBee writes, regarding uh, the time waves, by the way, we have an amazing time wave shirt. Um, that we put up in TeePublic. Uh, it may still be on sale. Uh, I mean, on sale from the sale price. It's a weird thing to say. It's on sale. It's on sale on sale. Anyway, um, the, yeah, and we show the time jumping. And I like it because it's just odd. And it just says time travel. Uh, regarding the time waves, the idea that humans can change last because we're the latest thing to evolve is wrong on every level. I, for one, that's not how evolution works. We didn't have... Homo erectus running around and then suddenly one of them gives birth to the first Homo sapien. Evolution is an ongoing, never-ending process. Furthermore, even if we allow for that logic, humans are far from being the most recent species to evolve. Birds, fish, insects, and especially bacteria all evolve at a much faster rate due to how quickly they produce new generations. It seems unlikely that the time corrections only apply to creatures over a certain size. I certainly didn't see uh, you must be this tall uh, to ride this time wave sign. By the way, that would have been a great t-shirt. Honestly, I can't think of a single time travel movie that did time travel more poorly. And honestly, Sean McBee, that's the point. Truly, that's the point. Because 
I'm all up for a time travel uh, time travel movie that when you try to pick it apart, it doesn't make sense. This one doesn't make sense in the moment. Uh, time Crimes, great time travel movie. Really, really good. Talk about alternate timelines. Really, really good. Uh, Nat Cat writes, can we call a future correction? Ed Burns' character has two prominently displayed Chicago Cubs 2022 World Series champs pennants hung on the wall. The Cubbies are 9 and 17 and going nowhere this year. Uh, Cody notes, obviously, I had to put this in after the Dodgers Cubs series. Uh, well, yeah, Cody is a, a diehard Dodger fan. Uh, one day I hope to go to a Dodger game with Cody to see her just let her freak flag fly at the Dodger game. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that Chicago Cubs bullshit about them winning the World Series is like such a hacky joke anyway. Because, you know, it's just like, all right, we did. how many times do we have to do that? How many times did, like that's the only joke? I remember there was a moment where it was like when John Travolta wasn't famous anymore. Like, oh, John Travolta's president? Like, oh God. Get some more, get some more fucking time travel jokes. Anyway, let's go to the phones. And let me tell you this. Uh, everyone basically called in about the same thing. We've even covered some of this uh in the Discord, but I wanted to make sure that people heard their own voices talking about this movie because uh, it is important to feel seen and heard. And uh, Shauna in D.C., take it away. Hey, Paul, this is Shauna from D.C. calling, and I wanted to point out a few things from the book that I thought you might like. Um, first of all, Time Safari Hunters can pick any uh, animal from any period of time. Um, and they actually even underscored the danger of the hunt because they said in the previous year, six, hunt, six safari leaders and 1,200 died. Um, two, they do actually bring up the whole time paradox thing of people being in the same, traveling back to the same period of time at the same time. And the book basically just explains it away and says that it can't happen, that man can't meet himself in the past. Um, and then three... They said, um, uh, you know, the time safari leaders were talking about how important it is not to touch any of the flora and fauna while they're there because of all the ripple effects. Like, it's possible that the Grand Canyon's never made or the ancient pyramids are never built. And they also say that maybe Queen Elizabeth will never have been born. And I thought because you're British and you like all the royal movies um, that you would, you'd want to know that they, they mentioned Queen Elizabeth as um, being born is really important. Um, the last thing I want to point out is I have studied a little bit about time travel, and the leading theory is that you would never be able to travel back further in time from the first day that the time machine is built. So if I built a time machine today, then this would be the date that you could travel back to. So um, there is no such thing as going back in time basically to um, kill a dinosaur unless someone built a time machine back then. All right. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Okay, Shauna, I like it. Um, and I've never thought about that idea that a time machine can only go back. Well, this kind of blows back to the future out of the water, huh? Uh, can only go back to when it was invented. Now, does that... Wow. That's going to be hard to make a fun time travel movie then, huh? I guess it will be. All right. Well, you know what? You brought some reality to this, and I'm glad that you studied time travel. And and you know what? We need a time travel historian to kind of lay down the facts because you didn't 
counted out as being impossible. So that actually gives me hope, even though it kind of destroys every time travel movie that I love so much. Anyway, uh, Brad, New Jersey is going to tell us something we already know, but you know what? He said it well. So Brad, take it away. Hey, Paul, it's Brad in New Jersey. Um, I'm calling in reference to the title, A Sound of Thunder. Now, if I remember correctly, the short story ends with the main character getting his head blown off by a shotgun, and the reference is to the sound of the shotgun as the last thing the main character hears. Uh, I hope that makes a little bit more sense. All right, be good. Kubite. Bam. A Sound of Thunder is a gunshot and I don't think we get enough of those in this movie with those ice guns. All right, back to the Discord. Dr. Guts, 1003, writes, I watched an interview with Ed Burns where someone asked him about this film. He said he was initially excited about the project because it was the biggest paycheck of his career, and he was excited to work with someone of the caliber of Ben Kingsley. But he said he knew things were bad when the first day he showed up on set, he couldn't tell where this big-budget movie was, you know? Um... The most notable thing that he said was that the crew quit twice during the filming of the movie because they hadn't gotten paid. And when the interviewer said she heard the visual effects were unfinished, Burns admitted he had never watched the final version of the movie, but what he did see certainly looked unfinished to him, too. Well, you know what? Uh, I like Ed Burns. I, I, I like that he uh, just calls it as he sees it. Not trying to make excuses there. Um, I, although it seems like he's alluding to the fact that someone took the big budget of the movie. I don't know if they did. I think they probably spent a lot of money on Ed Burns and Ben Kingsley, and then uh, they had no budget to make a dinosaur. Um, But that's my gut. Anyway, somebody, you know, correct me on that if you want. Uh, And just a quick correction in um, omission from this past Monday matinee release of Birdemic, Shock and Terror, uh, Grumble Bottom wrote, in the Birdemic rerun, I think... Uh, the director must have read somewhere that birds don't excrete uh, urea as mammals do. They excrete uric acid. So did he think that acid meant bird poop could melt faces? It doesn't. And it doesn't. Hashtag Monday matinee. Wow. (laughs) By the way, if that's what he thought, wow. Well, maybe if they were eating enough toxic stuff. I mean, of course not, but... Did I mean, does he think that birds, well, I'm just, because the birds are not, like, um, genetically engineered, so, huh, interesting. I, I, I love all that, uh, Grumble Bottom, and please keep on commenting on our old episodes, because I think it is fun to go back and, uh, and kind of uncover some more stuff there. Well, look, there are a lot of great uh, corrections and omissions this week, right? But there can only be one that is uh, the one that takes us all the way uh, to a place in our hearts where we feel like, oh, that's the winner. Um, and look, I'm, I want to say that it's Corgi Herder because uh, Corgi sourced uh, his research. But I feel like the one that got me the most excited was John Not Connor talking about the original intent of the book and how it related to the politics of the day. That made me actually so bummed that we didn't have that movie and how great of an idea that movie actually is. So, John Not Connor, you win. And what you get is this amazing song from Dave Sanders. Hit it, Dave!
for the win. Level up. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, John, not Connor. If you want to chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash HTTGM or call us at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. All right. Coming up, I'm going to tell you what I'm watching, and then we're going to get into next week's film, and it's a doozy. One that you might not even know exists, but it came out pretty recently. All right. We'll be right back after this. All right, you might be noticing that we are doing a new thing with How Did This Get Made's back catalog. We just gave you a little bit of a correction omission from Birdemic, which was uh, last week's re-release. Every week we are doing these re-releasing of old episodes. Um, And this week you have uh, a chance to keep the time travel uh, flavor alive as we go back to Time Cop with Nick Kroll live in Austin. What a fun episode and uh, this is where Ron Silva actor activist uh, comes uh, together in uh, a great live show and speaking of live shows uh, we are coming to you live in August we're just waiting to solidify the contract so we can announce those dates but if you've not signed up for the mailing list please do so Uh, you can just find the mailing list right on the how to just get made page it's hdtgm.com all right and now it is time for my picks of the week Brian B what do you got for me when the work day is over and the fun begins I've got to know what Paul recommends or the kids go to bed and it's quiet again it's time to see what paul recommends when the work day is over and the fun begins i've got to know what paul recommends or the kids go to bed and it's quiet again it's time to see what paul recommends all right we're going to do a quart chat in the next episode, and we're going to break down Better Call Saul. I want to bring Devin in. I want to bring cody in because we are all loving the show i mean it's just masterful masterful Uh, It makes me so excited. And a show that I've been talking about a lot recently that I felt like I found a little bit later is The Good Wife. Uh, The Good Wife is fucking great. Uh, It's on Paramount Plus um, and it has uh, Christine Baranski uh, and it just is one of the most fun, exciting, bold, fuck you shows with the best character actors in New York City. It's like a, if you like The Good Wife, it's the cable version of The Good Wife. It gives you everything that you love from a great Law and Order, but it's more socially relevant and extremely funny. Um, I'm going to tell you that probably, you know, you could skip around in that first season to get to like, once they get into like the third season, things start going on that literally, I'm like, wait, what? This is great. They just start taking so many chances. The first two seasons are equally fun and great. It's just a little bit more straightforward. And they just keep on bending the form. It's a beautifully evolving show. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of that on, uh, on the uh, Paramount Plus network. Um, what else am I into and listening? There's a great new podcast um, that just came out. 
And it focuses on Hollywood in like the late 80s and early 90s. And I'm obsessed with this period of time in Hollywood. I love like the Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer combo. Um, There's a great book. Uh, called High Concept uh, about Don Simpson, which is just superb. If you want a great book or recommendation, read that. It's fucking brilliant. But I also know that it, it it's off-putting to some people. Some people find that book to be a little like uh, of a bummer. Uh, but I... <laughs> I mean, look, there's a chapter in it where Don Simpson gets um, uh, his penis enlarged and then the fat injection starts to like um, not work out so well. And then he had to be raced to the hospital screaming and and clawing at his penis. If that makes you feel like I'm not into it, you're probably not going to love the book. Um, It's a pretty uh, explicit and graphic book, but it's a great book. But I want to talk about something that is not as uh, graphic or as explicit, but just as fulfilling and scratching that itch of Hollywood in this time. And it's called Heidi World, the Heidi Fleiss story. Um, it is really, really fun. Um, I think you'll dig it. Uh, it's just a uh, a story about Heidi Fleiss, how she came to be, um, and all the people that were in her web, but she seemingly got all the heat for. Um, so check out that. I think you'll really like uh, Heidi World. All right. Well, that is Paul's picks. And now let's get into next week's film. Okay. Now that we got Sound of Thunder out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from riding in space taxis to tickling the ivories. Right? That kind of, we kind of made some sense there, right? We're riding, we're tickling. Anyway, next week we are watching the 2013 film Grand Piano. Here's a short breakdown of the plot. Uh, Elijah Wood must play the piano perfectly or he dies. Gets shot in the head. That's the plot. Uh, Rotten Tomato gives this film a 79% on the tomato meter, uh, but a 47% on the audience uh, meter. And Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian says, this movie is a crazy, if occasionally engaging mess. And I can't agree more. It's a real watchable, fun, insane film. Uh, Listen to the trailer for Grand Piano. Oh, I can't wait for you to, to watch this. Um, and you'll never look at your your <laughs> you'll never look at your locks the same way after you hear next week's episode. Anyway, uh, that's a little little foreshadowing there. Uh, you can rent Grand Piano on Vudu, Amazon Prime, and Apple TV for two ninety nine. Or please check out Hoopla, which is a digital media service offered by your local public library, which allows you to borrow movies, music, and more. Uh, you can get it all there. Uh, for free. You can get it on your tablet, your phone, even your TV. Come on. So forget about it. Uh, all right, people, that's it. Please remember to rate and review the show. It helps if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us. That's big now. That's a new thing, following us. We never made you do NFTs, so just... Just follow us. That's all we ask. Follow us. Tell people about the show. Visit us on social media, you know, across all the boards. 
uh, all the social media boards. Yeah, sure, whatever. What the fuck am I saying? Anyway, and for commercial free access to How Did This Get Made and our entire archive and so, 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 so much more, sign up for Stitcher Premium for a free one-month trial. Use the code BONKERS. A big thank you to our producers, Cody Fisher and Molly Reynolds, our engineer, Devin Bryant, and our publisher, July Diaz. We will see you next week for Grand Piano. How did this get made?